Mediani adi presi. Deke no moshipa. Moja ya soni. Kenya faundi ema. Yesu moja ninkasama. Yali atos. Amani atos. Wadi for sorry musu. Now you hear. Pull me. Now you see. Wadi for presi. Apa wadi see. On your case. My father. My father.
Shalom, 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 shalom. Shalom, evening, people of God. Please, I believe you are all doing well.
praying, praying, praying. I thank God for your lives. By the special grace of God, myself and my family, we are doing well. God bless you.
All right, all right. Can you all hear me, please? Great, 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 great. We give God praise. We give God praise. Hallelujah. Okay, please, for the next few minutes, want to engage in the Holy Communion, want to partake of the body and the blood of Jesus. So please make sure you get your Holy Communion tokens ready. Get them ready as we pray. Get them ready as we pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right, so get your communion bread and wine ready. Get them ready even as we pray over them. And partake. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Are you ready? Good, good. All right, so I'm praying over the tokens right now. I'm praying over the tokens right now. Mighty God, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I speak over these tokens right now, even as your priest, I release your blessings upon them. The Bible says that this is the cup of blessing which we bless. I bless these tokens, O Lord, even with the blessings of long life. I bless these tokens, O oh Lord, even with the blessing of the fruit of the womb. Any kind of blessing, mighty God, that you have prepared and purposed for your people, I release these blessings upon these tokens right now. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, any kind of addiction that is troubling somebody's life as we partake of the body and the blood of Jesus, I I command that addiction to die in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. I command any form of sickness that is troubling the bodies of your people to die 
in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Let total healing be released even into the bodies of your people. When the blood was released in the heavenlies, the angels were strengthened. Therefore, O oh God, as we partake of your blood, let the angels around us be empowered and be strengthened to deal with the adversary troubling our lives in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Oh God, let these tokens receive your light, your power, and your grace in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. All right. So quickly you can partake of the body and the blood. Quickly you can just partake. Thank you, Jesus. And as you are partaking of it, just begin to speak in the language of the Spirit for a short period. Just speak, just speak. Ferish cover her time. Apalia pates kepevele. Shapelia kopela sad. Ayapades kifa molente kupela. Ayadada pala kifa tesebila hovetas. Yes, Lord. Let miracles happen in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus as we partake of your body and your blood. Oh Lord, let miracles, instant miracles, let fibroids melt and disappear in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Let ovarian cysts die and disappear in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. I command all forms of ailments to disappear from the bodies of your people in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, now lift up your voice, begin to thank God, begin to thank God for the changes that He's making in your life, in your body right now. Begin to thank God. Begin to thank God. Father, we exalt you.
Thank you, Jesus. Miracles are happening right now. Marital issues are being handled by the angels of the Lord. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. When the blood of Jesus is released, angels are strengthened. It is by the blood of Jesus that strengthened Michael and his angels to deal with Lucifer in the heavenly realms. As you are partaking of the blood right now, I speak, let the angels of God be empowered even to deal with every adversary in your life. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I don't know what the enemy is planning against you. I don't know what they have already plotted against your life. But by the superior blood of Jesus, we command their works to be aborted. In the name of Jesus, let them fail. You will not die before your time. In the mighty name of Jesus. I see doors of traveling opening for people. In the course of the week, you hear certain good news concerning your traveling you will hear a certain good news concerning your marriage you will hear a certain good news concerning your business in the mighty name of jesus i don't know that glorious thing in your life that the enemy has hijacked for a long time i command the bad news of delay to be broken let it sing to good news in the mighty name of jesus now i release the speed of christ over your life in the mighty name of the lord jesus speed in every good thing you are doing speed in every good thing you are doing speed in every good thing you are doing in the name of jesus oh mighty hand of god let there be a change let there be a change let there be a change thank you sweet holy spirit we give you glory and thank the Lord Jesus. Just lift your voice and thank you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy
Jesus. Father, we give you praise, we give you glory. We exalt you tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus. Have your way, O Lord, and let your spirit brood over us in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. We pray, Spirit of the living God, for an atmosphere of your power in the name of Jesus. Open the eyes of our understanding. Let your great light even shine upon us. We thank you. We exalt you. We honor you. Even in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Oh, amen. Hallelujah. Wow. Wow. We give God praise. We give God praise. I want to thank God for his goodness. My son, Dave, how are you doing? Precious Lord, honor you and open a new dimension of this power for you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Thank God for your life. Alright. Royal Dakepo is God bless you, son. God bless you for all the good things you are doing behind the scenes. Time is coming to the Lord. You're on a giant scale. United States of America is a great. The Lord has set something glorious in motion and it will surely be made manifest. I endorse it in my spirit and I declare the Lord has spoken and so shall it be. In Jesus' precious mighty name, Amen. All right, people of God, I'm so excited to have all of you here this wonderful evening. Hallelujah. It is time to go into the Word of God. We are still on the matter of the chemistry of God. In fact, we are still in the introductory level. Um, God willing, next week, we will actually start the, the sermon proper, proper. Hallelujah. So if you know you don't like chemistry, I'm going to help you by the special grace of God to understand the basics of chemistry. Because you need to love chemistry before you understand where we are going. Hallelujah. So get back. We are still in the um, introductory phase. Everything we are talking about right now is just introduction. So take note of that. We have not yet gone deep into these things. So get yourself ready for a new dimension as we dive even into the mystical secrets of God. Hallelujah. All right. Please, I said we should partake of the body and the blood long time. So if you still have yours with you, kindly partake of it. All right. God bless you. Okay. All right. All right. All right. People of God. 
Now, we have laid a whole lot of foundations, and um, this evening, I will also continue and lay other foundations, because we are not done laying the foundation. So, I will continue to lay the foundation, but I'm going to do a quick recap of what we have studied so far concerning the chemistry of God. Very quick. And I'm not starting from the scratch, because the sermon is already on the podcast. You can go and download it and um, soak it. It will be a blessing to you. Hallelujah. All right. So, basically, we've come to a point of understanding that God, in his infinite wisdom, made man in a dimension that his main reason for making man was for man to reveal his glory. And we all know when we say the glory of God, the word of the Lord says in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, the Bible speaks verse 3, the word of the Lord says that Jesus Christ is the express image and the radiance of God's glory. So you see, when God wanted to reveal himself, the God that nothing in creation could see, when he wanted to reveal himself for creation to see, he did that in a dimension called Christ. So Christ is actually the revelation of God. Who God is, is seen in Christ. That is why God decided that he would let the whole fullness of God be revealed through Jesus Christ. Because he appointed Christ as a dimension of him that will reveal his true nature. Are you following so it is impossible to know who God is outside Christ. It's not possible. You cannot know the true God outside Christ. Because knowing the true God, you have to follow a particular way. But first, you must believe a certain reality of who that God is. And that reality is called the truth. So, when Jesus came, he said, is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, one thing you need to understand is that Christ is not just a person. Are you listening to me? Christ is not just a person. So, you see, there is who Christ is. So there is the personality of Christ. But then, when you go into Christ, the understanding of Christ, when you go into Christology, you will understand that there is also what Christ is. There is what Christ is. So now, when you want to know God, the school, the institution, 
that you have to enroll in to know who God is. It's called Christ. So Christ is an institution. Christ is a school. Christ is a body of knowledge. Christ is like a program in a university. And Christ is also like the whole university. So you remember what I was teaching on the university of God. I told you that the university of God is Christ. And I told you that the word university comes out of two main words. Unity and diversity. Now these two words are opposite each other. Because unity is when we we bring things together. And diversity is when we split things apart. But when things that have been splitted apart are coming together to join as one. The name that can be given to it is university. So university means when diversity is unified. Are you following? So the whole thing that God wants to achieve on this earth, what God has set ahead of himself to achieve, is called Christ. In fact, that is, and we all know, I don't want to confuse you, but I want to help you with this. We all know that God is in three persons. The first one is the Father. The second one is the Son. And the third one is the Spirit. Now, not that the way I'm mentioning them the first, the father, the second, the son, the third, the spirit does not mean that one is greater than the other. No. But I'm mentioning them in that order based on the way they revealed themselves in scripture. So right from the Old Testament, there was Christ, but he was hidden because it was not yet his time to be revealed. There was the Holy Spirit, but then he was hidden because it was not yet his time to be revealed. So in the Old Testament, the father was the one who was manifesting himself. And I told you that the very core DNA and nature of the father is that his love, justice, and judgment. That is why when you read through on the whole Old Testament, it looks like, it looks like when you, when you begin to see judgment, a time came, Aaron's son went to, he went to burn incense before God. And God said, I did not tell you to burn incense before me. All of a sudden, fire came from heaven and consumed them. They died. Now, when you are standing outside and you look at what has happened to the sons of Aaron, you will think that God is wicked. But he's not. He was just practicing that which is right. He was just being a just God, rendering judgment according to his nature. Are you following? So when you talk of the Father, you should understand the state of the Father. The first dimension of the Father is that he is love. Love. Now you see, I made you understand, that those of you who have been um, with me in church, I told you that the whole being of the Father is encapsulated in his nature as love. 
So when you go deep into the Father, there is no difference between love and judgment. Are you listening to me? That is why scriptures can even go further to tell us that the one that God loves, he chastises. Now, when you are chastising somebody, it means you are trying to punish the person and to discipline the person for the wrong that the person has done. Now, it might look like you are wicked when anybody sees you punishing somebody for the wrong thing that the person has done. But when it comes to God, it is because of love that he does that. When God loves you and you go wrong and he does not chastise you, it is not love. Are you listening to me? So the reason why God judges is because he's a loving father. So judgment is actually a dimension of love. So there is lake of fire. The purpose of the lake of fire is because God is love. If you don't see it that way, you need to go deeper into God. Are you following? That is why in the chemistry of God, we learn a lot of mystical things. Things that maybe some men of God will not tell you, even though they know. Me, I'll tell you. Hmm, hallelujah. Because I was called, anointed to know things and say things. Amen. Now, I've said this here before. When you travel to heaven and you see there is something we call there is a certain waters in heaven it is called the fiery waters or the fiery sea in the book of Daniel In the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. Daniel, chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. Are you with me? Good. Now, the Bible said, it is Daniel speaking about what he saw in the realms of heaven. And he said, I watched as thrones were put in place, and the ancient one sat down to judge. Now, Daniel is speaking of judgment here. And he said, his clothing was as white as snow. His hair like purest wool, 
He sat on a fiery throne. That is a throne that is full of fire. With wheels of blazing fire. Verse 10, he said, And a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministered to him. Many millions stood to attend him. Then the court began its session and the books were opened. Now, this is what Daniel is saying. Daniel said, he was in the realms of heaven and all of a sudden thrones were arranged. Then there was one throne, a fiery throne, that someone sat on it. And the one that sat on it was the judge, the ancient one. The ancient one. And he said, he sat down on this throne with a garment that is as pure, white as snow. And he said, there was a certain river of fire that was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Hmm. There was a river that was fire that was flowing out of the presence of God. What river is that one? Hallelujah. Let me say this. Let me ask this question. What is the difference between this river and the lake of fire? This is a river of fire. When we read the King James, the King James said, A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. So you see, the river of fire was flowing from before God. Are you listening to me? It is a river of fire. What is it? What difference or different is that river from the lake of fire? Because they are all of fire. If you think they are the same, then what you are trying to see is that the lake of fire is in the presence of God. Are you listening to me? And if it is in the presence of God, what does it sound in your spirit? Because we read in the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ that the lake of fire is actually designed for people and for the devil and his cohorts. I told you that we all will pass through the lake of fire. The Bible said there are certain people they will not be hurt by the lake of fire. And these people that Jesus spoke about, they were part of his church. So even the believers will go through the lake of fire, but some will not be hurt. Some will be hurt. Those that will not be hurt are those that will come out and still 
be purified. But those that will be hurt are those that will come out without any form of substance that God can base on to release rewards to them. Because all believers are not going to be the same based on the judgments that God is going to deliver to us. Are you following? So now your work with God gives you a particular stature or element in the spirit realm. So it is either you are changed to become gold, to become silver, wood, or anything. Now whatever you become, we all will pass through the lake of fire. And we all know that when gold passes through lake of fire, it comes out more purified and it shines more light. That clearly tells you that if you have turned yourself into gold and you pass through the lake of fire, you will come out and receive a great reward. And the person that is like maybe a dried leaf will pass through the fire and the fire will just consume the whole thing. The person might come out. Let me say will come out, but without anything. And what you come out of the fire with is what God looks upon to reward you. Are you following? So those that will pass through the lake of fire and will not come out with anything, they are those that the Bible said, they were hurt by the lake of fire. You are in heaven, but there will be no reward for you. But those that passed through the lake of fire and came with precious things, God will reward them. And those who were hurt by the lake of fire, that is those who could not get any reward, they will cry. They are in heaven, but they will cry. Are you following? That is why if you have believed that heaven is the goal, oh, heaven at last, do everything you can to make heaven. They are not telling you the truth. I'm not telling you that you will not go to heaven. You will go. Because you are a Christian, because you have believed in Christ, you will go. It is not because you are trying to quit smoking, fornication, that will let you go to heaven. Yeah. There are many people who are not Christians. They live lives that are much more pure than Christians. But when they die, they, they don't have any place in heaven. Because what takes you to heaven is not your good works. What takes you to heaven is Jesus Christ. That's all. It's your faith in Christ. Are you listening to me? That is why once you have faith in Christ Jesus, you know you are a registered citizen of heaven. But then, heaven is not the goal for which we will go saved. So salvation is not an escape route to heaven. No. Salvation is a gateway to God. When a man gets saved through Jesus Christ, he is now set on the path to go to God. 
Are you listening to me? Now hear me, this stream of fire that is coming out of the presence of God, the very presence of God. You know, when a man is in the presence of God, there is something that the man begins to experience and feel within himself. When you are in the presence of God, there is this kind of warmth of God's love that embraces you even in his presence. Now, that stream of fire is actually speaking of God's love. It is actually the litmus test of every work that we do. Are you listening to me? So, everything you do in this world as a believer, they are known as your works. Once you have your faith in Christ. Whatever you do with your faith is called your works. But then the works that you are doing will be tested with that stream of fire coming out of God's presence. Now that stream of fire is actually exhibiting the true love of God. That is love right there. And that is what God will test our works with. So if I gave $2,000 to somebody. That is a good work that I have done. But when I appear before the Lord, He will pass that work through the stream of fire. And when that work passes through the stream of fire, God is testing love. God will now know whether I did that work out of love or not. So if it comes out that I did not do it out of love, I don't get any reward for that. Now, you see, this actually works like the lake of fire that Christians will go through. Are you following? What am I trying to explain? I'm just trying to let you know that in the realm of the Father, there is no difference between love and judgment and justice. They are the same. Chemically and in their original composition, they are all liquid fire. Love is a liquid fire. Judgment is a liquid fire. Are you listening to me?
All right. Now hear me. When you read the book of Revelation, the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 2, Verse 11. Now, this is Jesus speaking to the church of Smyrna. The revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 2, verse 11. Jesus is speaking to his own church. The church of Smyrna. And he said, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. Now, this is Jesus speaking to his own church. And he says that whoever is victorious, will not be hurt by the second death. Now, what is the second death? The same book of Revelation, chapter 20, verse 14. The Bible said, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Now, the lake of fire... According to the scripture... The Bible says that it is the second death. But then the Bible says, some of the people of Jesus Christ who are part of his church, the church of Smyrna, they will not be hurt by the second death. Now you see, death and hell are being casted into the lake of fire. And Jesus is also saying, Jesus calls the lake of fire second death. And he's also telling the church of Smyrna that if they overcome, they will not be hurt by the second death. What Jesus is trying to say is that if you overcome, you will not be hurt by the lake of fire. Why won't they be hurt by the lake? Because, you see, when we were growing up, we thought that lake of fire, the infect used to fall. So Jesus shouldn't have even made mention of that. You see that thing? This to read your then will lake of fire in You have not spent time to understand what the word of the Lord is saying. I told you that the fire of God has two main purposes. The fire of God. The first one that it purifies, and the second one it consumes. The same fire purifies and consumes. So it is dependent upon that, that which is going through that fire. When believers go through that fire, we are purified. But when the enemy, the, when hell and death go through the lake of fire, they are consumed. Are you following? 
need to just understand that from this level. Let me move on to my message so that I don't delay. So I was just starting with the point that Christ is not just a person. Christ is also a school. Hallelujah. Christ is also a school. And I told you that God has chosen to reveal himself only through Christ. So anybody who does not know Christ doesn't know the true God. So if you want to know God, know Christ. So when we read the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20, the Bible says, But ye have not so learned Christ. You have not so... so Christ is a body of knowledge that we learn. Are you listening to me? Christ is a body of knowledge that we learn. Now, that knowledge goes beyond the Christology they teach you in the Bible school. Hmm. Hallelujah. The Christology that they teach you in the Bible school is just biblical foundation. Of the work of Christ. But there are depths in Christ. I'm telling you. There are depths in Christ. So Christ. Is actually known as the school. Of the father. If you want to know the father. Go to the school of Christ. That school. Which is called Christ. Is what teaches us. About the father. Now, aside Christ being a person and Christ being a body of knowledge as part of what he is, there is also what Christ is in the dimension of the fullness of God. So when you enter into the fullness of God, what is Christ? The word of the Lord says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24. The Bible says, But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Said, but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, the Messiah is God's power and God's wisdom. So you see, there is who Christ is. That is his personality. And there is what Christ is. Christ is the wisdom and the power of God. Is somebody getting the point here? Don't get confused. So the father appointed Christ to be his power and his wisdom. So Maybe they taught you that 
Just believe in Jesus Christ. That is all. Just believe. Just believe. Just believe. That one is only for those who are yet to believe in Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the unbelievers. But if you are a believer of Christ and you think you have just believed, so that is all. You are not serious. You don't know what you are talking about. Believing is not all. Are you following? Believing is not all. Believing is the foundation we are not supposed to build. That is why the first step of that journey to God is first by having faith in Christ Jesus. Once you have the faith, you need to now move on to knowledge, to understand. When we read the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3, the Bible said, through faith we understand that. So you see, now you have the faith, but then there must be understanding. So through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Oh, such an amazing verse. Now, what Paul is trying to say here is that he understands that the world. He didn't say, I know. No, all of us know we know that yeah, God created the physical world which we see out of a realm that is unseen. We know that. This one is not just knowledge. This is understanding. Now, what Paul is trying to say here is that he has had experiences and he understands what he's talking about. But he was able to understand first because he had faith in Christ. So faith is the foundation. But then, there must be knowledge, understanding. Are you following? Good. So don't say, oh, you just need to just believe. Just believe. My dear. If you want to fulfill the destiny that the the Lord has laid ahead of you. It is not only believing in Jesus Christ. No. No peace. You only need that when you want to be saved. But once you get saved, that's why when you go saved, you are still living on earth. You didn't jump to heaven just because you have believed. There is something that is ahead of you to fulfill on this earth. And you cannot fulfill that without knowing the depth of Christ. That is why Christ is also a body of knowledge. We need to learn. He said, you have not so learned Christ. We learn Christ. The way, the way people learn accounting, the way people learn accounts, we learn Christ. Are you following understood one thing that 
God made man with pure gold dust. Pure gold dust. The gold dust that God used to make man was actually the inherent nature of the man. Now, many of you think that the way God made man, because we, we understood that God made man of pure gold, that means that man should look like gold. Is that what you are thinking? You see man walking about and he's like a gold statue walking. I think that's what some of you want to. Hallelujah. But then let me help you with a certain scripture. The Bible said in the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. Can you all hear me, please? Good. The revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 21, the verse 18. Bible said, there is John the Revelator seeing the heavenly Jerusalem. Now listen to what this verse says. 
is John looking at the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. Now, John is saying something. He said the wall, the city had a wall. And John said, and the building of the wall of it was of jasper. And the city was pure gold like unto clear glass. Now, did you hear that? He said, the wall was jasper, the color of glory. The city was pure gold, translucent as glass. Look, I don't know if you are all getting the scripture. He said, the city was pure gold. Like unto clear glass. Now, the word clear glass actually here speaks of the fact that you can look through and see what is behind it. Very clear, but it was gold. I, I, I don't know if you're getting the point. What kind of gold is like glass? What kind of gold is transparent like glass? I'm say pure gold. Pure gold. So when the Bible speaks of the fact that and through our understanding getting to know that man was made of the gold or the gold dust even of the sanctuary of God you should not think that man was having a golden color. Man was also as clear as glass. Are you following? Good. Now, if that settles the matter, then let us go into other dimensions and what I want to talk about today. Now, when we're talking about the priesthood, we understood that there were 12 stones that God appointed even to be in the effort or the garment of the priest. We understood and we got to know all these um, 12 stones. And we also got the understanding that Lucifer, who was known as Belial in the Hebrew tongue in heaven, also was made of nine precious stones. And we got to know the three stones that were not in Lucifer, but were in the garment of the priest. And we now got to know the true meaning of those stones and what Lucifer was missing. Are you following? Now, we understood what Lucifer was missing Actually, according to the blessing that was given to the children of Israel. So when Jacob, who 
was Israel was blessing his children, he released blessings upon Gad, Asha, and Issachar, whose stones were not found in Lucifer. And the kind of blessing that was released upon them was that kind of glorious thing connecting to the stone that were not found in Lucifer. But then, these stones also have their true meaning. And they have their own chemical composition. Hallelujah. That's where we want to dive into. That one will take us more into chemistry. But the gracious Lord will help us. Hallelujah. Amen. So according to the book of Exodus chapter 28, verse 17 downwards, the word of the Lord spoke about the stones and the arrangement of the stones even in the garment of the high priest. But before I go into that one, I want all of you to look at this scripture. In the book of 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 5. 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 5. Bible said, and you are living stones. You are living stones that God is building into his, into his spiritual temple. You are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Mm. I don't know if somebody's getting there. Through the meditation, through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer sacrifices, spiritual sacrifices that please God. Now listen. He said, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more? You are his holy priest. Now, there is a connection between a priest and these stones. Are you listening to me? You can't be a priest without a precious stone in your makeup. It's not possible. That is how God designed the work of a priest and who a priest actually is. Now, Without a temple, there is no priest. Because where is the priest going to stand to offer that spiritual sacrifice, to minister to that God? So there are certain things that link together that we need to understand. A temple, a priest, stones, sacrifices, gifts. We don't, we don't disconnect these things. They move together. So Peter is now telling us that we also, we are living stones. Really? Living stones? And we didn't know. And he said, God is building us into his own spiritual 
temple. The King James says, you are also as, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. So God is building us as a spiritual house with stones. Those stones are actually the makeup. When the Bible says that the rejected stone has become the chief cornerstone, many of us don't get it. What is God trying to say? Are you following? Now, in the ancient times, they used stones to build the temple that was in Israel. Stones. So, even when Jesus came to the earth, when we read the book of Matthew chapter 24, when Jesus said that he's going to bring down the temple, the people got angry. He said, we used 49 years to build this temple. And Jesus said he would bring it down and build it in three days. The people insulted him. But the Bible said they did not know that he was talking about the temple of his body. Now, Jesus said, this temple that you are seeing, not even one stone will be left on another. Now, what was he trying to say? It was the arranging of stones that built up that temple. But these were normal stones that were taken from the earth. But then, we, as living stones, God is packaging some stones. God is arranging some stones. And when the arranging of the stones is done, we are going to be changed into a spiritual house. What is that house? The Bible said in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. Now listen to what Paul is saying. Now understand that Peter is talking about God building us into a spiritual house or temple. Are you following? All because, he said what is more? Because we are his priests. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. If you have the NLT, you can post it. I want everybody to see that scripture. I read also from the King James. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, let me read from the King James first. Now, that is what Paul said. He said, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, what is Paul talking about here? He's talking about this physical body. It is called an earthly house. An earthly house. And he also made mention of a tabernacle. Now, the word tabernacle is a different dimension of a temple. A temple is fixed. Because it was made of precious stones. It is fixed at one point. But a tabernacle is a movable temple. Let me say it that way. So when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, whilst they were moving from Egypt to the promised land, they were in the wilderness. They couldn't build a 
a temple. Because when they use stones to build a temple, which is static, it means that is where they are going to be forever. Meanwhile, that is not the promised land. But God also wanted them to worship him. So God gave them ways and means to build a tabernacle. That tabernacle, when God tells them to move away from where they are, they have to fold the tabernacle and move with it. So a tabernacle is a movable temple. It is actually not the original one that God is building. Are you, are you following? But when they got to the promised land, they built an original place for the Lord. And that became the temple. So now, Paul is telling us that we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, Paul is talking about this physical body. He calls this body an earthly house. An earthly house. So this, your body, is a house. Paul said, even if it is dissolved, we have a building of God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. What house is Paul talking about? The one that Peter also told us that God is building, which is a spiritual house. He calls it the building of God. And what is that? He's using, it is actually a new body <laughs> that God is building with precious stones, living stones. Are you getting my point? So, when we the ISV, the ISV says, we know that if the earthly tent we live in is torn down, we have a building in heaven. Now, you see, that building in heaven, you should not think of a certain building that they used concrete. And you see, that is why many people are confused. Because anytime we read about building, 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 we keep thinking of a certain house in heaven that God was always be. Oh, Mama Tess, I'm Shalom, I hope you are doing well. Congratulations to Congratulations. I'll bring my, my seed and my offering to the babies. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, so that where I am, you will be there also. And many people think that Jesus is building a house in heaven for us, a mansion, to go and, and live there. Do you know what mansion is? In my father, he said, in my father's house. What is the father's house? Now, Paul is telling us that if this earthly house that we are living in is destroyed, we shouldn't be worried because we have a certain building of God, a house that is eternal in the heavens, not made by human hands. It was made by the hands of the father. Is this one not the father's house? 
No, is this one not the father's house? Is this not what Peter told us? That we also as living stones are being built up by God into a spiritual house. It was not made by human hands. There is no mother and father coming together to give birth to that kind of body. It is God himself that is putting precious stones together to form that house. It is his house. So Jesus said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. But the mansions there is speaking of the fact that even though we all will have a glorious body, which is the father's house, but there will be differences. And the differences will be based on how we learned Christ whilst we were on earth. We all shall be changed, but into different cadres. If somebody's getting it, I don't know why till date men of God have not preached this. So bad for they were sorry them one. I mean, they sit down or so amount. Who I know I call them. What kind of nonsense message is that? Where did they get it from? Huh? Let me help you. Let me help you. And I continue to help you. Okay. John chapter 14, verse 2. John chapter 14, verse 2. Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And that where I am, there ye may be also. Now, that, this scripture is very heavy. But many people think, you see, that is why Jesus made things clear. He said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare that place for you, I will come again. So now we will now look at the coming again of Jesus. And he said, I will receive you not unto heaven, but unto myself. Are you listening to me? Jesus will come again and receive us unto himself. Then he said, after he receiving us unto himself, he said, where he is, we shall be there also. So now the question is, where will Jesus be? Because when we read this scripture, no heaven was mentioned here. No, the evangelicals are not getting what I'm saying. It's because you have sunk so deep into the evangelistic dogma. Now, let me help you how this whole thing will happen. 
the coming of Jesus and the receiving of us unto himself, so that we shall be with him where he is. Now, the Bible said, In the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verse 16 and 17. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verse 16 and 17. Now I want to look at how Jesus will receive us unto himself. When he is coming. And where he is going to be that we shall be with him. Because many of us, we thought that Jesus will come and take us to heaven and we'll be in heaven forever and ever. But that's not what the Bible is teaching. So the Bible said, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Jesus, he would descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel. And with the trump of God. Then the Bible said, And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain. That means that when Jesus is even coming, you will meet some people who are still alive on this earth. Not everybody will die in this world. Paul told us, That behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. So you see, when Paul was talking about the coming of the Lord, he spoke about changing. The changing that is going to occur in us. When this earthly body will be taken away, and then the glorious building of God, which is the house of the Father, will be, will be released to us. Now listen, he said, those who are dead in Christ will rise first when Jesus descends. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord where? In the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. <laughs> so where are we going to be with the Lord ever? Where are we going to be with the Lord ever when he descends? Oh, it looks like you are not getting it. In the air. Is air heaven? So Jesus said that now you you will understand that that scripture, John 14 verse 2, and this scripture is actually saying the same thing. Jesus has been speaking about this way back. John 14 verse 2. He said, I'm going to my father's house. He said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. Many. I am going to prepare. He said, the evangelist for this Bible verse, we are here. mobose. No cohere is a dime bread base, you know. If they are painting the white, if they are painting the blue. Now you see, when you see all those things in the realm of the spirit, they are actually speaking of symbolisms. 
they are standing for something else. Are you listening to me? Let me just break it down for you to understand. The Bible says, Jesus said that he's going to prepare a place for us. Because in his father's house, there are many mansions. What is the father's house? I explained. The Father's house actually is speaking of that glorious body. Because the Father's house simply means where the Father dwells. Is that not so? And the main, you see, the Father wants to dwell in us. And how he's doing these things that he is building us into a spiritual house. The Bible calls it the building of God. So you see, once you are here right now, everything you are doing in yourself, there is a building which is a glorious body that God is preparing for you. But the beautiful thing, and what we need to understand about it is that Whatever you do right now affects your glorious body. Very, very important. As for the glorious body, you will get it. But our glorious bodies will differ, even though from the very core, it's a glorious body. That is why he said there are many mansions in that house. It is one house, one glorious body, but many dimensions of it. So people who glow with a higher glory than others based on how we have learned Christ and how we have journeyed toward God. Be there. You go to heaven and cry. I'm helping you. Hmm. Are you listening to me? Now, Jesus said, after saying this, he said, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That is what we call the catching up. He said, he didn't say, I'm, re- I'm taking you to heaven. No, he said, I'm receiving you unto myself. And Jesus said, now, where I am, that is where you are going to. And we all just read the scripture that when there is a cut up, when Jesus receives us unto himself, he will actually be in the air. And the Bible said that is where we are going to be with the Lord ever. Now, the word air there is actually speaking of the atmosphere. 
the atmospheric region. The atmosphere around us. That means that this thing called the caught-up experience is not that we are going to be taken to heaven and nobody will see us. There's nothing like that. Are you listening to me? Which many people call rapture. So now many of you, you believe that certain rapture will come. The teacher will be writing on the board, pop, he will disappear. And his clothes will be on the ground. You watch the certain movie, they call it Left Behind. Somebody is lying on the bed with the wife. Pop, the wife will disappear and the person will be there. Where has the wife gone to? Heaven. Oh, mercy, 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 mercy. Okay. Now, in the book of First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, Paul is telling us that when the dead in Christ comes back to life, when they are resurrected, we that are alive also caught up together with them in the clouds. Now let me explain something. In the prophetic, there is what we call the clouds. So most of you have heard of, sometimes when I'm prophesying, I've entered into the clouds. All of a sudden I've appeared here, I've appeared here. I know most of you have heard of that. What is the clouds? It is not necessarily the physical clouds that we see. The clouds actually is a vehicle of the spirit. Whenever somebody is in the prophetic realm, when God wants to transport the spirit of a prophet, maybe to a different country, to a different place, God does that through what we call the clouds. Don't also forget that in the book of Hebrews, the people, the saints that are dead and are with Christ, the Bible calls them the cloud of witnesses. I hope you know that one too. <laughs> so what actually tells you that the cloud that the Bible is speaking of here is the one we see in the sky? Hallelujah. Now you... God bless you, sir. So you see, Paul... Now, when you read the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. Now, you realize that this 
verse of scripture and first Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17 are speaking of the same thing. Verse 51 downwards. Listen to what Paul said. He said, Behold, said, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die. <laughs> so has your pastor seen this one? And he's still saying that we all will die in this world. But according to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it is appointed unto man to die once and after death judgment. You see, if you if you think like that, you are trying to say that the Bible is contradicting itself. And you will you will give Muslims a certain foothold to debate unnecessary things with Christians. I told you that that death was speaking of the death of Adam. He died because he sinned. Death came and judgment came upon him. And Jesus came to die on behalf of man. And he took that judgment. That is what the Bible is speaking of. Are you following? And that is why that kind of death was once... Bible is speaking about here. Because a young man by name Lazarus died and Jesus brought him back to life. Now he's dead again. How many times did he die? Twice. So how many times is he appointed unto man to die? Is it once or twice? That is the problem that we keep having. When we try to interpret that scripture, in connection to men. Are you getting it? Now, Paul is telling us that he's, he's showing us a certain secret and he said, we all said, not all of us, we will not all die, but we will be transformed. Other versions says, we shall be changed. So now Paul is saying that not everybody would die. So you remember what the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 17 said? That when Jesus is descending, those that are dead in Christ will rise first. Then those who are alive and remain. It is actually in sync with what Paul is also telling the Corinthian church. That not all of us will die, but we shall be changed. Are you following? Now let's listen to what Paul said further. He said, it will happen in a moment. Now, the word moment there is actually the word atomos. Which means atoms. <laughs> Are you following The word moment there is the word atomos, which means atoms. So what Paul is trying to say is that we shall be changed within our atoms. That is where the change will begin. And you see, the atoms 
according to chemistry, is the smallest unit of life. It is what has compiled together for you to become this body. So when the atoms are changed into the very atomic structure of God, definitely this body will also be changed and it will become like the very house of God. Are you following? Now you see, chemistry says something about atoms, that it is an indivisible particle. I hope you all know that kind of definition. Good. Now, if you have the Strong's numbers, and you check the word moment, it is the word atomos, which means that which cannot be cut into two. An indivisible thing. Is it not? So, you see, in the Bible, we have atoms. So, what Paul was actually telling the people was chemistry. <laughs> chemistry, people of God. Paul was teaching the people the chemistry of God. He was telling them how they are going to be changed. He said, we all, will not all die. We will not all die. Now, when Paul even said that we are going to be changed in our atoms, listen to what he said again. He said, in a twinkling of an eye, bah, the change will take place. He said, at the last trump, ah, did you hear Trump in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4? Verse 17, verse 16. So you see, it is the same Paul that wrote to the Thessalonian church. The same Paul wrote the same word even to the Corinthian church. But he used different words to mean the same thing. Now in the Thessalonian church, he said, we shall be caught up with those who will resurrect from the dead who were dead in Christ. But this time around, Paul said that that one will happen when Jesus is descending with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. That's what the NLT says. He said, For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised. Is it not the same thing as he told the Thessalonian church that the dead that are in Christ will rise first? But this time around he said, they shall be raised incorruptible. And we, both of us, we that are alive and those that have just resurrected, we shall be changed. Then for this, corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. This corruption, this physical body that is corrupted, it will put on incorruption because we have already been changed in our atoms. Mm. we have been changed and because we have been changed we are no more corruptible beings we have become immortal death is taken out of our atoms we cannot die we have been changed that is why he said in verse 54 he said so when this corruptible shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, 
then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O grief, where is your victory? My God. At that moment, death will be dealt with. That death that has troubled our lives when we ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that we became flesh and blood, which is a corruptible state. That is the moment where death will drastically be dealt with. And when that happens, death will have no place. The only thing that will happen is that God will suck death and his counterpart, hell, into the lake of fire. Oh, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we are no more limited. See, when this thing enters into your spirit, you will start praying. You will start praying. Oh, Lord, I want, so you see, boom. into the realms of the heavens and saw God gave him a glimpse of the glorious body that he has prepared for Paul. When Paul saw that body, he said, Yeah! Ah! 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 Immediately he began to groan. So when we read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul said, verse 1 and 2, he said, for we know that if our earthly house, this physical body, we know that when it is dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, not made with human hands, but eternal in the heavens. Then verse 2, he said, For in this we groan endlessly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Paul said, when I saw that body, I began to groan. That, oh God, oh God, put that glorious body on me now. Then he began to groan. He began to groan. Now, groaning is the highest level of tongue speaking or in prayer. You groan, you groan. I've seen a certain body. You know, when Jesus resurrected from the dead, Bible said he appeared to over 500 people at the same time. How possible? 500 people. So if it is 9, 12 p.m. that Jesus has appeared to you, he will be with another person, about 499 others at the same 9, 12 p.m. What, what, what sponsored that? Because the body he resurrected from the dead with was not this corruptible body. Because when the dead rises through the resurrection power of God, they rise incorruptible. Jesus began, so the people, the disciples had gathered and they were telling Thomas that we saw Jesus. We saw him, he said, he said no, you are lying. Unless I see him. All of a sudden, Jesus appeared there. He did not walk through any door. He did not walk through any window. He just appeared. 
What kind of body is that one? That body that reveals God clearly without any resistance. That body that manifests God himself. That body. That body. That body. Some of the apostles of old tasted of a glimpse of that kind of body. Look at Philip. The guy was disappearing all of a sudden. He would be carried by the spirit. All of a sudden. People of God, I want all of you to know this. This is what will happen to us when Jesus descends. We are going to be changed and will be with him in the air. Now, that air is not heaven. It is the atmospheric air on this earth. We will be here on this earth because we are going to reign with Christ Jesus on this earth. Now, at that time, death would have been taken out of us and God would have judged death. And the devil is using death as his means of work. Once death is out of our lives, the devil cannot work against us and he will be bound. People of God. That is why if you hear this good news and you don't grow prayer. In the book of Philippians chapter 3 verse 21. When we read from verse 22. You see some of the things we are seeing. Eh, they sound like foolishness to men. You see it sounds like foolishness. Even pastors will fight against me. They've been seeing this in the Bible several times. When we read Philippians chapter 3 verse 21. Paul said. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body. And the word vile actually speaks of low, lowness, something that is in a low estate, something that has fallen short. Now, we fell short of the glory of God into this vile body. Now, Paul said, Jesus will change this our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. So now it means that Jesus now has his glorious body. He was once like us in body. But now when he resurrected and he ascended to the throne of the Father, he has now received a glorious body. And he wants to change our bodies into his glorious body. Somebody said, what will happen to the head? Beautiful is a beautiful question. What it means Simply what it means is that the earth and heaven will, will merge. There is no going to be any difference between heaven and earth in operation. Are you following? Now you see, at that point, there is no gift. There is no prophetic. <laughs> that is the point where we, we, we come to what we call the perfection. That is why the Bible said now... We see in part, we prophesy in part. 
But the time will come. No man will teach anybody. Nobody will prophesy to anybody. Because we will be known in the realms of the heaviness. And we all will have a joint knowledge of the Christ. That is the moment where all giftings will cease. Because we have come to the perfection, to the fullness of Christ. Now listen to what Paul is saying here. He said, Christ is going to change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able to even to subdue all things unto himself. So it is when our glorious bodies are changed that all things will be subdued unto God himself. God bless you, royal. Said, beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. Even though we are God's sons, but what we shall be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he shall appear, when Jesus shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. It is in the appearance of Jesus that we shall totally be changed to be like him. But as I'm talking to you right now, that change has started. Are you listening to me? Somebody say, does the Jehovah, Jehovah's Witness have some understanding on we being on earth at the end? Oh, they have. They know. But they have missed a whole lot of things. That I, 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 don't, I can't talk about. But the funny part of it is that they just point out, when they see an unbeliever, they, they will point, when they see an unbeliever having a big house, they will point that this, this house is mine. When Jesus comes, I'll come and live in this house. Look at, look at that nonsense carnality. <laughs> oh, gracious Lord. I drink Gano area there. See? What tier for American house side the Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, nice build. There's no pointy. This is my house. Nonsense, nonsense them. Such a canal understanding. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, that moment is going to be glorious. Where we start mingling with the angels of God. The angels would love to see us. Because they have always been coming to church, listening to some of the mysteries of Christ. And they are waiting that our bodies will be changed to become like the glorious body of Jesus Christ. It is in that moment that we will judge angels, if you don't know. Because at that realm, we have been lifted to a high estate. All those angels that rebelled against God, we would join with Jesus Christ as the judge to judge them. So don't you know that we shall judge angels? 
in the book of First Corinthians, chapter 6, verse 3. He said, Know ye not that we shall judge angels? Don't you know? Hallelujah. It's going to be a glorious moment. Then the Bible began to explain things, and he said, That day, the child will put his hand in the mouth of the lion. And nothing evil will happen. That day, we all know the kind of enmity that is between cat and mouse. But that day, the mouse will go and sleep in the room of the cat. Nothing will happen. All because there is what we call the manifestation of the sons of God. And when we manifest in that glorious dimension, that is when all creation are going to be redeemed from the corruption of the enemy. Because since we fell, all things also change because the glory of things were connected to our glory. When we fell short of that glory, they also fell short. And they are all groaning and crying that we should become that glorious being that God has ordained us to be, so that through that they can also be redeemed. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to know something finally before we close. Now, some of you just want to go to heaven. I can pray for you. God will show you mercy. If it is the will of God, He will take you to heaven and you will know the realms. But when Jesus descends and will become that glorious being like Himself, there is nothing in heaven that you will not know. Somebody said, As humans, we have free will. When John to the heavenly body, what happens to the free will? At that moment, we have joined, we have become joint. That, that is when we receive the inheritance that we were joined to Christ to receive. That moment we become one with Christ. In mind, in will, and in everything. Are you following? We become one with Christ. All right, people of God, if there is any question, you can kindly ask even before we bring the message to a close. Okay, somebody's asking me, Daddy, please, could any man ever reach the fullness of Christ before Christ actually comes? Is it ever possible? Christ is the peak. 
it is it is like this somebody holding two magnets one on a table and one in your hand which you have lifted now when you are bringing the one in your hand close to the one on the table you realize that the one on the table too will jump and meet the one in your hand are you getting it that is how the whole thing is the fullness of christ is only experienced when jesus descends so we can manifest higher dimensions of christ but it is only when we have joined ourselves together with christ that is when we have the fullness Any other questions? Okay. Michael said, Papa, please, I need clarity on this. Is it that we will be caught up to meet the Lord together with the saints in the air, atmosphere, and descend back to earth for the millennium? Okay. You are talking about millennium, but I can't just see it straightforward because we need to go through the whole book of revelation to understand that are you getting it because if i talk about it right now many people will get confused Uh because we need to understand what the millennium the thousand years of rain stand for if it is normal thousand years as we count or just as the book of revelation was in symbols that one too is symbolic they will know what it is. Are you getting it? Now, you talking about the millennium speaks of the fact that you have heard of a different kind of theological view on the end times or on eschatology. And I'll make time when we are when we go back into understanding the book of Revelation to take them one by one, one by one for you to understand. So don't be worried at all. Don't be worried at all. Alright. And I don't want to confuse many people because many people have not heard of the millennium. When you bring it in here now, they will get confused. We need to start from a certain point before we get there. That the understanding will be there. Good. All right. Let me take the last question. Last question. Somebody said, is that the same cut up that happened to Enoch? Okay, Enoch's own will be a dimension of the cut up. But his kind of cut up is a bit different from ours. Because in his cut up experience, God took him from the earth. Are you getting it? But in our experience, we are just going to be lifted to where Jesus is, which is in the air. God is not taking us into heaven. 
will meet with the Lord in the air, which is the atmospheric air. Same on this earth. And the word caught up actually means to be changed. It's not that you hear because we say him. No. It's Pentecost for what you say. Obehim, then a farmurum kumimu. Akoye, a janchen was roho. Akoma beto. If I love that song till now, I still love it. <laughs> but when I want to sing that song, I try to put the shoes of my understanding first. I don't want to sing ignorantly. Murunku, they said Murunku, but the word of the Lord said clouds. But he said we shall meet with the Lord in the air. I don't know if you are getting my point. And I know many of you, maybe when you go and tell your pastor about it, your pastor will say, hey, 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 be very careful. Be very careful. The kind of teachings you are listening to, they are very quick to judge. Meanwhile, they don't want to study. Let them take the Bible. One by one. To just know exactly as the verses are saying. Do you know that there was a certain man by name John Darby? In fact, he has a Bible called Darby Bible. That's translations of the Bible. Now, this guy by name John Darby had a church. And in his church, the guy was reading the Bible. He had gotten to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But he didn't understand what the whole thing was about. But one young girl in his church had a dream. And in the dream, the girl said she saw people just being lifted into, into the clouds like that. And the man said, wow. Then I think this is what that scripture means. So he brought out a certain commentary and interpretation that that one is called rapture. So it was the man John Darby who brought out the theory of rapture. Before him, there was nothing like rapture in the church. The only thing they knew was that we were going to be changed. If you like, go and do your research on this one. Go and do your research on what I'm saying. John Darby and the rapture theory. You understand? There are many things the apostles of old did not even see. But we have people saying it. We have a whole lot of masses following them. It has become a doctrine in the church. If you say the truth, they will say you are the one speaking the false thing. Because many people have believed wrongly. And the very tragic part is the young people who just say that, hey man, you keep quiet. Since when have you been in the ministry? This big, big, this great man of God is saying there's rapture. You, you are a young man, you have not, you are coming to say, See, you are a novice in the, in the things of the kingdom. Those young people that say those things. So you see, they are very funny. We try to interpret the Bible literally. 
You see that thing? Yet the Hunamun Tiasin and Rambai Bunuma What is wrong with us? May the Lord help us and grant us grace in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you and keep all of you strong in Jesus' precious mighty name. We are going to end here. God willing, this Wednesday, we are going to pick all the stones and um, begin to dissect them into their chemical compositions, what they actually meant, the colors of the stones and what they stand for in the in, in the Bible and also spiritually. And the Lord is going to help us and grant us divine grace. But don't forget that you are a living stone that God himself is using to build a house. That house is the glorious body that you are going to receive when Jesus descends. Something will change about you. You will change. You will, you will totally change. Totally change within you. There is going to be a change, people of God. There is going to be a change. Oh, hallelujah. May the Lord help us. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you and keep all of you strong. I'm going to upload the message right after here. You can go and download it. And, um, listen to it again and again. The Lord bless you and keep all of you strong. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Please, at exactly 12 a.m. GMT, we are going to meet for priesthood time. So make sure you join us. Hallelujah. And I think we have 11 days more to complete our 40 days prayers and fasting experience. I know most of you, you have even forgotten that we are fasting. Last day in the draft, may you moon in our mepi.
Street, off Grand Coutet. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. <laughs>